Section 8 of The Rape of Lucrece. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Arielle Lipshaw. The Rape of Lucrece by William Shakespeare. Section 8. Dear Lord of that dear jewel I have lost, what legacy shall I bequeath to thee? My resolution, love, shall be thy boast, by whose example thou revenged mayst be. How Tarquin must be used, read it in me. Myself thy friend, will kill myself thy foe, and for my sake serve thou false Tarquin so. This brief abridgment of my will I make, my soul and body to the skies and ground. My resolution, husband, do thou take. Mine honor be the knife that makes my wound. My shame be his that did my fame confound. And all my fame that lives dispersed be to those that live and think no shame of me. Thou, Collatine, shalt oversee this will. How was I overseen that thou shalt see it? My blood shall wash the slander of mine ill, my life's foul deed, my life's fair end shall free it. Faint not, faint heart, but stoutly say, so be it. Yield to my hand, my hand shall conquer thee. Thou dead, both die, and both shall victors be. This plot of death, when sadly she had laid, and wiped the brinish pearl from her bright eyes, with untuned tongue she hoarsely calls her maid, whose swift obedience to her mistress hies, for fleet-winged duty with thought's feathers flies. Poor Lucrece's cheeks unto her maid seem so, as winter meads when sun doth melt their snow. Her mistress she doth give demure good morrow, with soft slow tongue, true mark of modesty, and sorts a sad look to her lady's sorrow, for why her face wore sorrow's livery but durst not ask of her audaciously, why her two sons were cloud-eclipsed so, nor why her fair cheeks overwashed with woe. But as the earth doth weep, the sun being set, each flower moistened like a melting eye, even so the maid with swelling drops gan wet her circled eyne, enforced by sympathy, of those fair suns set in her mistress' sky, who in a salt-waved ocean quench their light, which makes the maid weep like the dewy night. A pretty while these pretty creatures stand, like ivory conduits coral cisterns filling. One justly weeps, the other takes in hand no cause, but company, of her drops spilling. Their gentle sex to weep are often willing, grieving themselves to guess at others' smarts, and then they drown their eyes or break their hearts. For men have marble, women waxen minds, and therefore are they formed as marble will. The weak oppressed, the impression of strange kinds is formed in them by force, by fraud or skill. Then call them not the authors of their ill. No more than wax shall be accounted evil, wherein is stamped the semblance of a devil. Their smoothness, like a goodly campaign plain, lays open all the little worms that creep. In men, as in a rough-grown grove, remain cave-keeping evils that obscurely sleep. Through crystal walls each little moat will peep. Though men can cover crimes with bold stern looks, poor women's faces are their own faults books. No man in vain against the withered flower, but chide rough winter that the flower hath killed. Not that devoured, 
but that which doth devour is worthy blame. Oh, let it not be hilled, poor women's faults, that they are so fulfilled, with men's abuses, those proud lords to blame, make weak-made women tenants to their shame. The precedent whereof in Lucrece view, assailed by night with circumstances strong, of present death and shame that might ensue, by that her death to do her husband wrong, such danger to resistance did belong. The dying fear through all her body spread, and who cannot abuse a body dead? By this mild patience bid fair Lucrece speak, to the poor counterfeit of her complaining. My girl, quoth she, on what occasion break those tears from thee, that down thy cheeks are raining? If thou dost weep for grief of my sustaining, no, gentle wench, it small avails my mood. If tears could help, mine own would do me good. But tell me, girl, when went, and there she stayed till after a deep groan, Tarquin from hence? Madam, ere I was up, replied the maid, the more to blame my sluggard negligence. Yet with the fault I thus far can dispense, myself was stirring ere the break of day, and ere I rose was Tarquin gone away. But, lady, if your maid may be so bold, she would request to know your heaviness. O oh, peace, quoth Lucrece, if it should be told, the repetition cannot make it less, for more it is than I can well express, and that deep torture may be called a hell, when more is felt than one hath power to tell. Go, get me hither paper, ink, and pen, yet save that labor, for I have them here. What should I say? One of my husband's men bid thou be ready, by and by, to bear a letter to my lord, my love, my dear. Bid him with speed prepare to carry it. The cause craves haste, and it will soon be writ. Her maid is gone, and she prepares to write, first hovering o'er the paper with her quill. Conceit and grief an eager combat fight. What wit sets down is blotted straight with will. This is too curious good, this blunt and ill, much like a press of people at a door, throng her inventions, which shall go before. At last she thus begins, Thou worthy lord of that unworthy wife that greeteth thee, health to thy person, next vouchsafe to ford, of ever love, thy Lucrece thou wilt see, some present speed to come and visit me. So I commend me from our house in grief, my woes are tedious, though my words are brief. Here folds she up the tenor of her woe, her certain sorrow writ uncertainly. By this short schedule Collatine may know her grief, but not her grief's true quality. She dares not thereof make discovery, lest he should hold it her own gross abuse, ere she with blood had stained her stained excuse. Besides, the life and feeling of her passion she hoards to spend when he is by to hear her, when sighs and groans and tears may grace the fashion of her disgrace, the better so to clear her, from that suspicion which the world might bear her, to shun this blot she would not blot the letter, with words, till action might become them better. To see sad sights moves more than hear them told, for then the eye interprets to the ear the heavy motion that it doth behold, when every part a part of woe doth bear. Tis but a part of sorrow that we hear. Deep sounds make lesser noise than shallow fords, and sorrow ebbs, 
being blown with wind of words. Her letter now is sealed, and on it writ, At Ardia to my lord with more than haste. The post attends, and she delivers it, Charging the sour-faced groom to high as fast As lagging fowls before the northern blast. Speed more than speed, but dull and slow she deems, Extremely still urgeth such extremes. The homely villain curtsies to her low, and, blushing on her, with a steadfast eye, receives the scroll without or yea or no, and forth with bashful innocence doth hie. But they whose guilt within their bosoms lie, imagine every eye beholds their blame, for Lucrece thought he blushed to see her shame. When, silly groom, God wot it was defect of spirit, life, and bold audacity, such harmless creatures have a true respect to talk in deeds, while others saucily promise more speed, but do it leisurely. Even so this pattern of the worn-out age pawned honest looks, but laid no words to gauge. His kindled duty kindled her mistrust, that two red fires in both their faces blazed. She thought he blushed, as knowing Tarquin's lust, and, blushing with him, wistly on him gazed. Her earnest eye did make him more amazed. The more saw the blood his cheeks replenish, the more she thought he spied in her some blemish. But long she thinks till he return again, and yet the duteous vassal scarce is gone, the weary time she cannot entertain, for now tis stale to sigh, to weep, to groan. So woe hath wearied woe, moan tired moan, that she her plaints a little while doth stay, pausing for means to mourn some newer way. End of section 8